you're listening to this right now, there is untold growth for your business, your personal brand, your reach on the other side of you giving up the fear of other people's opinions, the need to be liked, the need to please everyone, and the need to avoid offending anyone. You never could anyways, but you got to crank up that tolerance for that. And there's a lot of growth on the other side when you start putting out powerful messaging that you believe in on YouTube and social media. Get into the book a little bit. I'm an entrepreneur. You've you've convinced me. I, I know uh, in my heart already before you even spoke that I need to be getting onto YouTube and creating content for all the reasons we talked about. I also have things I I, I can say. I've written articles. I might have written a book, but I don't have the time. But I do have money. So give me some high level tactics or strategies. If you can afford it, here's what I would do so that you can grow your channel, your authority as quickly as possible. Number one, um, taking you behind the scenes to our event, Grow With Video, you were there on the third day. We had kind of a mastermind, deeper dive business day. One of our speakers was Brad Lee, and he shared the concept of don't create content, be the content. Now, maybe Gary Vee said document, don't create, but I always either misunderstood him or felt like he was saying something different. Like, okay, you're not an expert yet. Share the journey, vlog the journey. And I never actually thought that was a good strategy. I think that there's too many people doing that. It's hard to grow. But if it's, if it's document your life as a business owner or your expertise as a business owner, don't sit down and create, then, then Bradley and Gary would be saying the same thing. Be the content, don't create the content. And the story went like this. Bradley hired a videographer. So we're talking a business owner with money hires a videographer, that videographer starts showing up to the office and they would schedule time so they could shoot some content for social media for YouTube. And the videographer would knock on his door, hey, Brad, we need a film. And he'd you know, tap his watch. Brad would say, oh, I'm busy, a, a meeting's going long. Day after day, week after week, this happened for a couple of weeks and he just kept punting it. And he's paying the guy, but he's not actually sitting down to create content. And then finally one day, he was about to go into another meeting virtually or someone sitting in the office. And he's like, you know what? Just come in here and start filming. And what he did, his strategy is as simple as I'm about to describe. I think the key is hiring the right people. Is he just started to have the camera on, mic'd up with a lav mic. And excuse me, he would um, do a meeting. So he's doing a coaching call or he's talking to his team or he's giving an instruction to another team member or he's leading a team meeting. He's delivering some leadership content, some tactical content and that videographer is filming. And then he left it up to that videographer and whoever else, maybe a social media manager, maybe the person filming isn't the strategist, but he turns it completely over his team to then distribute on social media. Bradley is not everybody's cup of tea, that's for sure. But if you look him up on Instagram, the real bad Bradley the views are are pretty staggering in terms of the real views he's getting. And uh, and then there's also his YouTube channel is very influential. So document, be the content, don't create content is the absolute most high leverage thing. It's maybe a courageous move to take the time to hire the talent, 
and then to allow them to just oh, sure if the meeting's private, then it's not that one. But there's many instances where maybe you're delivering 10 or 15 minutes to your staff or to your team. And then that could just be cut and put on online. And you want to talk about leverage. You don't do anything. Yes, you got to set it up. But once it's set up, you just focus on your day-to-day business ops and that person can, can do what they're doing. Secondly, and you, myself, Brad is also doing the same thing and many others, is I think the highest leverage activity is starting a video podcast. Because you just kill 36 birds with one stone. And you are, in this case, sitting down to interview somebody or to deliver some kind of a solo round type of content. But not only do you get the YouTube video out of that, you could distribute the audio on the audio platforms, but you also get the clips. And that would include clips for YouTube potentially, but it also could trickle down all the way into social media. So to summarize, if you said, Sean, what would you do right now if you have money, you don't have a lot of time and you want to tap into this? Let me put my... I'm going to put myself in the shoes of Anton Stenner. He is a good friend, real estate investor, and my real estate agent up here in Snohomish, uh, Washington. And he's got money. Uh, He's very busy. He's doing deals. He's meeting with clients. He's helping me. He is now pumping out his reels game, but he hasn't started his YouTube channel. If I'm Anton, I'm investing serious cash. I'm going to take a loss potentially for a year or two because I have the money and I am going to Step one, work on acquiring talent, hiring. There's a good book called Who Not How. The best person to hire would be a director of even the other roles. My friend Ryan Pineda puts it like this, hire top down. So wait, okay, I got to hire an editor, but oh, that guy doesn't know how to actually optimize a YouTube video. So I got to hire somebody to optimize the YouTube video, but none of these guys have the skill to graphic design. So who's doing the thumbnail? I got to, no, no, no. How do I do all that? Hire one person and let's get real raw. This might be a 70, 80, 90, hundred K role, but that would be a mastery level. That'd be the director. Think of it as like the CEO of your media company, the person who is responsible. You find the contract editor, you find the graphic designer. Here's the schedule on my time that I'm going to let you put it in there. You're the producer of the podcast. You're scheduling the guests. You're eventually get the admin assistant that is going to schedule the guests, but you're responsible. It's who's waking up thinking about this. That would be, I think, the most intelligent way to do that, uh, assuming you have dollars. And then tracking all the way back because you might go sticker shock, a hundred grand for just the one role. What about the cameras, the other roles, software, all the different things we invest? Well, you know, we, Alex and Layla Hermosi, they just keep updating it every single month, but they recently revealed that I think they're spending $125,000 a month on organic content creation video editors, software, team, cameras, whatever it takes. And that is because the ROI is there, the ROI impact to the bottom line, but also the ROI impact to the brand lift, the marketing dollars, all the other things. So of course, this has to just track back to make sure you've connected in your own mind and with whoever you work with, how does this correlate to ROI? So what, what 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 is the KPIs, the key performance indicators and the the income producing activities in your business that, okay, if we have a YouTube channel and we get more leads and forms filled out for our sales team to call, we know that attributes to X ROI. So if our YouTube channel, even in the first six months, doesn't start to really generate those, but over the next 12 to 24, we only need 
X leads produced organically to equal XR, you know, just do the math. So as a business owner, your responsibility would say, okay, when you hire a six figure position, you don't pay them six figures up front. You only got to pay that first month. And so you can start investing today to realize I'm investing ahead of time. I was in a event where Ezra Firestone talked about how he thinks about hiring people. And he goes, I actually think about hiring people that they're not going to be a positive ROI for six months. So I'm actually planning on losing money on the individual for at least six months. And I, what's interesting is many people listening to this, probably yourself, you said that's actually been the case where many times the ROI could be almost instant. That is a possibility. It could actually be one month or it could just be, they, they, they do the role, they fill the role. But in this case, you actually are taking a level of a gamble if you're starting from scratch, because you're like, my YouTube channel's not successful yet, whatever. And that's still, that's the move I would make. What I know from Anton landing the plane would be, he's got the dollars. Building his brand is never going to hurt him. He also spoke, I said, what is your ROI? It wasn't that he could get more people that want to buy or sell a home. That is decent, but that's not why he'd want to build his brand. He goes, "What's what the real winning play would be is the Grant Cardone strategy and many other real estate gurus would be the raising money strategy that the bigger your brand, the bigger that you're known to quote Grant Cardone, no matter how everybody feels about him. Sounds like Grant to say this. If they don't know you, they can't flow you. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so funny. Like it sounds like him. And, um, but, but how is he able to, to raise for Cardone Capital, uh, which I know has come under scrutiny recently, but uh, you know, whether it was branded formerly with Deeper Pockets or different guys, a lot of people build in syndications. Guys are raising millions of dollars because of building no like and trust on social media. And so that, 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 you're probably listening to this and this is not your business model, but I think that's the key. What am I also working towards? What is it I'm trying to build I mean, let me go the polar opposite, Chris. Why even do this at all? I mean, I know I want people to get YouTube secrets and I know I want people to be on YouTube, but but unless we start with first principles and we start with the end in mind and we we are purpose-driven, I think it's really important to get super clear on what winning looks like three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. What are you trying to build? Do you want to be known and have a brand? Are you also investing ahead of time? Because when you have attention, when you've grown your email list, when you have subscribers, your next five to 10 to 15 moves, you may not even need to monetize right away. Like Anton, for example, he doesn't need to monetize this year, next year, next year. So he could be playing a long game. You might, then you hit that tipping point to what you're saying, where in a year, ad revenue offsets all of, or the majority of the cost to produce the content. So that's kind of cool. But what you're really playing for is maybe the fund or the investment or the multifamily thing he wants to build years later. That's how I would do it today is I would staff around it and treat it as a small business, as a new division I open, treat it as a media company I'm starting and hire from the top down and essentially hire a CEO of your media company running your YouTube channel and the team that supports it. The theme that I got from all that you said there was integration. That if you're thinking about a social media strategy, whether you want to go on YouTube, TikTok, or Instagram, or wherever else, it's you can't think of content creation and content marketing as a separate thing that you have to do. It's got to be a big part of who you are and what you do. Because those that are able to tap into that will have a competitive advantage compared to those that don't. The question I get asked a lot is, 
what would you do? What would you tell your younger self? And I would say, get on the content game sooner. Make that a part of who you are and what you do. So it's not a separated activity. So with Brad Lee's example, it wasn't like, I'm going to go create content now. What I'm doing is the content. I just need someone to document that. And because the greatest way that you could demonstrate your expertise is to show people literally you coaching a team, giving advice, doing a sales call, whatever your expertise is. And we see a lot of these kinds of videos, at least on my feed on TikTok. I just like watching blackhead extractions. So what does that person do? They're demonstrating to you what it is that they do. These are so addicted to me. I can't stop watching them. And that's that's really what you need to do. So it's not like you stepping outside of your environment putting on your YouTube face, putting on your radio voice and doing that thing. Just do what you do and be brave enough to bring the world into this little place. And hopefully over time, an audience will show up for you. I also like that tip that you said, you know what, especially if you have money and you've made this commitment, don't try and figure this out yourself. Don't try to be the director, just hire the director and make a commitment. And I also like that, you know, you broke it down. If you're thinking it's a $100,000 salary, it's divided by 12, which is divided by 30. And it could be, or 365, it could just be broken down into little pieces and you're not spending all that money up front. Smart play. I want to get into something with you right now, which is, like I said at the beginning of the, our conversation, I need to catch up to Think Media. The future has to catch up to you. That's just how I have to do it. And you're going to say, no, you're not, because we're going to keep outpacing. That's the way it's a game we'll play. So I want to ask you, what has been some of your highest performing videos? Tell us the video. Tell us a little bit. And Mm. what is it that you think that made it tick? Because I would love to be able to make hits all day long. It's not possible. So I want to learn from you. I'd love to trade back and forth and compare notes. Hmm. Well, man, as we we dig into this a little bit, I think one of the questions is, it's really, it can be difficult to define what winning looks like. Yeah. Because is winning look, is winning impressions, is winning views is you could be viewed, uh, have a lot of views, or are you getting the right views? And let me tell you the top 10. I'm pulling them up on Think Media, top 10 most viewed videos of all time on Think Media. And the first one, let's go in reverse uh, order. We're going to go top eight. The the eighth most viewed one is 2.5 million views. How to make YouTube videos on your phone, beginner's tutorial. A couple of reasons why that one, uh, everybody has a phone. Broad appeal is a big key into getting maximum amount of views. Now, this is on brand for us because we teach people how to make videos uh, and how to create actual content. But if we were to say how to make YouTube videos on your Fuji X-T4, I, I don't think it's possible to get 2.5 million views because not that many people have that camera. On your phone is a broad appeal. So how wide is the audience? Second key would be beginners. Beginners is also always a larger market than intermediate or advanced. The most people in any anything are always beginners. Um, next, two years ago, how to make a YouTube video for beginners start to finish. This video is two hours and five minutes. I'm a big proponent in extra long form content. Our, uh, our friend Lewis Howes and Evan Carmichael, their top performing videos are two, two and a half, three, and even four hour videos right now. They're doing what these, these super long videos that... The key is they're really rich. In their case, it's rich in maybe an individual or a topic with lots of experts sharing information on a topic. But how to make a YouTube video for beginners start to finish is basically like a free deep dive class that delivers on the promise of the title. That'd be another key. 
you make a promise in a title and YouTube videos, and then you deliver on that promise in the video. It's two and a half hours. This video is not easy to make. This was a, it's an in-depth. I talk about the gear. I sit down and film it. I take them step-by-step through the editing. I take them step-by-step through the upload process. It is literally delivering on how to make a YouTube video start to finish as 2.6 million views. Uh, Next is 2.6 million, how to come up with a YouTube name, three tips and mistakes to avoid. Again, how broad the question is, how much interest the question is. This is why keyword research or topic research is still worth doing because there's a million topics you could talk about next on YouTube. If one had 10 people a month interested in it and one had 10 million a month interested in it, which one is giving you a bigger opportunity of reach? The one with the broader interest by a large majority of people. Next, uh, six years ago too, 2.9 million views, the best cheap cameras for YouTube, six budget camera reviews. Cheap and budget are the key there because there's more people are on a budget and are looking for a cheap option than are looking for a premium option. Luxury, as I know that you probably have taught a lot, it'd be better to pursue clientele on the high end because it'll be easier to work with. You could work with fewer clients um, and and you may need to sell less items at a premium price than cheap. But nevertheless, if you think about, again, broad appeal, 2.9 million views, cheap cameras for YouTube, budget cameras for YouTube. Six years ago, this video, what, for, these are all, not, none of these are actually viral videos. Viral maybe by age. But usually what a, by definition, viral video is something that quickly accumulates a lot of views. I did a video called How to Get Free Stuff on Amazon. And it shot up. And I think why is because quite literally that was true. This was back when there was these websites that would send you free stuff if you'd leave a product review and you would just fill out your information. And it could be pretty cool. They'd send you like a little phone charger. And so the appeal of that locally and globally in the US and around the world it was pretty wild and it delivered on the promise. Like you're at home and you just invest a little time and someone's shipping you free stuff from Amazon. People were pretty pumped and it spread like wildfire. The final three. Number three, the bronze, the best video editing software and video editing tips. This also, I would admit that today this might be hard to repeat. This is maybe being first. It's not too late to start YouTube. I still believe it's a blue, blue, blue ocean and saturation's a myth, but I think you got to go more specific. The riches are in the niches. But at the time, this was a seven-minute, 35-second video that delivered a good answer to the question. But in the thumbnail is a picture of Final Cut and Premiere, which there was a lot less options then. So it's sort of, that doesn't even say that in the title, but visually, someone that's maybe trying to decide between those two would see that and um, delivered very valuable content and answering a question that many people ask best video and software and video editing tips. And then number two, the silver best copyright free music for YouTube top three sites and the text in the thumbnail. I've got headphones on good. I'm holding up a phone with a little, uh, music logo on it. And the text in the thumbnail says free music for YouTube videos, which again, cheap and budget's going to do good. The word free is historically, untouchable in marketing, free gift, free prize, free. So, so free music for YouTube videos. And again, people could argue, well, is this clickbait, right? That, or, or, or that sounds hypey. The key is that you want to have ethical clickbait. You want to bait the click, but it's honest. Clickbait by definition means it's deceptive typically. So it's like you click and then the video doesn't deliver. That video literally gives you three options 
for completely free music that you can use in your videos with no copyright claims. And it got 3.8 million views. So being arguably maybe one of the best videos on the platform of just delivering great information and great solutions. Again, the title makes a promise. The video gives an answer. But number one, goal, this will be a surprise. And this, I think, is a good example and a joke internally on our team because how is success really measured? And even though this is our most viewed video, I would say it's not even near our best video. And it got 4.6 million views. It was posted a year ago. And it's 30 plus funny sound effects YouTubers use with a meme guy in the photo, funny sounds, and then parentheses royalty free. And this video just is stuck to our top of our real-time analytics, always getting views. People are searching it probably because a 14-year-old video editor is looking for a fart sound, searches this, finds this video, and then in his home movie that he's going to upload on TikTok or YouTube, finds this video and puts it in there. Now, of course, maybe others are finding that as well, but that's probably who the audience is. And therefore, it goes back to, yes, while it does have 4.6 million views, for someone listening to this that maybe wanted to get a few high-paying consulting gigs a month, that would be the wrong video <laughs> to tr attract your ideal audience as many views as you get. So what we joke about, because there's that one and another one that stays stuck to the top, which is royalty-free sound effects pack YouTubers use, is I always joke, I go, we're a... We're a sound effects channel. And I go, and sure enough, we are still the number one downloadable sound effects channel, which is not who we want to be. Now, I also have to be thoughtful about my brand. It's not so off brand that we're going to make it unlisted or private, but these are some this key strategic distinctions that you don't want to get into trend surfing or rather chasing. You don't want to just chase trends or just pursue as many views as possible as if that's the only metric. What does impact look like? What type of videos would attract the ideal audience? But it's a mix of both. So many leadership principles and truths are held in tension. It's, it's the tension between reach, impressions, brand growth, brand impressions, top line reach, and also impact, depth. And uh, it's not really either or, it's both and and being a content strategist, being thoughtful of your top video. So those are the top eight. And uh, maybe a few distinctions we can learn from them. Uh, that last one, your top one, it's, a, it's like a prank video, right? Isn't the title "How is Successfully Measured" and it's got like funny sound fart effects? Did or did it's just it's it's literally just like a a motion graphics background with an audio wave, and it goes like fart <laughs> swoosh, and it it says what it is on screen, and it just goes through all the sound effects. Yeah, and that's it. And so it is a very search utility practical. Again, someone's in their high school video editing class on the internet looking for funny sound effects YouTubers use. And they just download that that video using 4K video downloader, <laughs> throw it in their final cut project and never know who we are right. and never see us and never subscribe. Right. But on the flip side, you know, whatever. So it, it, it is it is a utility that is on brand for Think Media. Yeah. But I mean, if I go deeper, let me mention a few things. Actually, I don't, I think one of these, and we may have lost this money. Somebody copyright claimed maybe one sound, mm -hmm. and I don't know if we uh, 
could fight yeah. that. Maybe they did. It's it should have earned thirteen thousand three hundred. Mm. Yeah, this one's no copyright content. So this video has earned us thirteen grand. So that's kind of crazy in a, in its own right. And so the audience is uh, eighteen to twenty four is forty six percent. I mean that's thirteen to seventeen is only ten percent. Yeah, it's it's great, and and it's led to twelve thousand two hundred subscribers. I think just the thing to be considerate of, and again, happy to leave this video public. I think it's still on brand enough for us, but you want to be cautious to not attract subscribers. You don't want to attract the wrong subscribers. It's not a race to who can get the most subscribers. It's it's the goal would be who could get the right subscribers and the most maybe engaged audience. I would say we're kind of doing both. Think media has kind of got a mass market approach, but we're also trying to be thoughtful about then how we reach those. And by the way, for as much as I hope what we do, we're just trying to be guinea pigs. We're just trying to be test subjects that can go through successes and a lot of mistakes, pass along that information to others so they can go further, faster, make more intelligent decisions. So again, it's one of those things where I'm like, monthly. In fact, every single month, YouTube gives you a top 10, the top content in the last 28 days. And our top two videos are always 30 plus funny sound effects for YouTubers and popular meme sound effects for video <laughs> editing. That's the other one. And so I'm like, so we're a sound effects channel, apparently. And, uh, you know, no one really cares about any of us, the deep information or Nolan or Omar or Sean, the content creators or anything else. But uh, we are known for being the sound effects channel. Time for a quick break, but we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to our conversation. Here's what I wrote down. Broad appeal, utility, know your audience, and have strong hooks that appeal to a lot of people. Mm. Strong. Okay. Now I start to realize our desire to catch up to you might be ill-advised and, and not possible because we don't have a lot of content that has broad appeal. And so I'm, I'm like reading your things and your titles. I'm like, oh my gosh, how do we... How do we even compete with that? So I'm, I got to go back to the drawing board and talk to the team here. 
what the heck are we going to do? Well, exactly what you're saying. The, you could have the wrong goal. So by the way, by all means, catch up to us and surpass us. But yeah. I think this is a powerful truth. And I'm speaking to myself as we discuss this, and I hope it adds value to the listener. Your clarity on what winning actually looks like is everything. Yeah. You taking the time to get crystal clear on defining your end goal. And maybe the bigger thing to agitate for the listener is that the way you're defining it now could be wrong or incomplete. It maybe doesn't have enough detail, or maybe if we keep asking, well, why is it you want to achieve that? And why is it you want to achieve that? That we need to make it a little bit more distinct. And I, and, and I would think that as well. You're, I actually think you absolutely could surpass us, but, but do you even want to go broader? The opposite could be true. Actually, let's grow slower. <laughs> like, I mean, imagine if that was a goal, like team, actually, I kind of want to slow down our growth mm. because what I would rather do is get the precise, perfect subscribers for the mission that we're on and who we want to help as opposed to just reaching for a top line number that, what does that mean? And by the way, if you really do some deep thought work and deep personal processing, you still may come to the conclusion that absolutely the goal is to grow as big as possible. And, and, uh, within creative constraints, we do want to keep pushing for bigger numbers. Well, great. But yeah, in, in today's social media world, where mainly vanity metrics, impressions and views are like the main way we measure winning or even ad revenue, because again, I might go, Oh, wow, that video made $13,000. That's actually pretty cool. However, it's actually kind of a drop in the bucket compared to our other revenue. So a lot of times, good is the enemy of the great. And we get distracted by these lesser things. There's a good book called The Pumpkin Plan. And it's basically applied to business about how to grow a prize-winning pumpkin is the fact that you have to cut off the little pumpkins. We recently, we sunsetted a program this year that was earning about $24,000 a month. That sounds ludicrous. That actually sounds, for a small-town kid, college dropout, that thought earning six figures a month was like the pinnacle as a business owner, I have to work on my mindset to say, okay, well, that's a good thing. It's $24,000 a month. That's incredible. But we, we had to make the hard decision to sunset it because compared to some other things, it was hurting the prize-winning pumpkin. It was a little, it wasn't even a little pumpkin. It was a pretty good-sized pumpkin, but it's sucking energy, resources away. And where the real magic can happen is when you actually simplify down and maybe let go of. So anyways, I mean, I don't know. Should I make the videos unlisted? I don't, I don't know. You could, you could really dig deeper into analytics to see how many return viewers, uh, returning viewers versus new viewers are related to this video that come to it. And, uh, and you keep doing your best. Yeah. So the, the lesson to learn there from some videos that might help your channel grow in terms of subscribers, but it will grow the wrong audience and ultimately, that'll hurt you because as you release new videos that are on brand, on channel, that this other audience who came in, like, they're not watching it. So it shows a lower percentage of your audience who are shown the video actually watch it, and that can hurt you. I My goal is perpetual growth. And I would use anything within my arsenal mental tricks to just push us to keep trying new things and finding more effective ways to teach and, and to grow. So when I think of it, I think it's Jim Rohn who said it's like the goal is important, but it's not as important as the person you become in the pursuit of the goal. Mm. So we know our channel. We know the content. I'm not doing dance videos. I'm not doing whatever it is that I need to do to grow the channel. I want to grow while delivering on that clear message and the value 
that we've been able to do in the past. Um, the top three of the five videos that are on our channel are the same video, Sean. Mm. <laughs> so we were like, what? The top most viewed video that we have is 49 million views. It's a short. And number five is the same video, just cropped vertically so that it's more for shorts content. And that has 3.2 million views. Okay, so why, why are the top three? Okay, so there's a couple of things you can learn from this. First, we made this longer video, which is, uh, I don't know how long it is. It's, uh, it's 36 minutes. And one segment in there that we cut together is the, that long video squeezed down all the juice into the most bombastic thing. And that was released as a short that then got us like 700,000 subscribers from that one video. Now, here's, here's what I put out there. I think I know what the formula is for our channel. And every person's channel is going to be different. When I am doing something that is contrarian or highly polarizing, you could be for it, you could be against it, doesn't matter. When I'm doing something that feels like it's real, I'm, some emotion, like this is reality TV, I'm arguing with a potential client and we're going through stuff that you're going to be on one side or the other and it stirs up all kinds of emotions and then there's a piece of value that's baked into that. That seems to be the winning formula for any video that pops for us. Those are the components. That's a formula though that I do think applies to almost any niche yeah. and any platform. The polarizing one is a big one. Yeah. If it could be triggering, and again, the goal would be, I think, to do that ethically is you're not like sitting down to just make something up. You're digging deep into self-awareness of what is your true values, principles, convictions, um, and then not being afraid to share those. Also, something that hurts, I think, social media virality is hedging. And one of the things that helps it is by stating something in an absolute I think what we have to remember is that even truth is held in tension, that there could be two sides. This is a mistake for me because when I do think about every audience, I like to hedge. That's not what triggers and goes viral. What goes viral is by making a statement. What we're afraid of is people then go, yeah, but what about the other side? And you could say, well, this was a 16 second short. So it's not that I'm saying there's not another side. And this was actually this is a power principle. I remember going to Traffic and Conversion Summit, opening session, Ryan Dice actually spoke about five elements of creating movements and five elements of you essentially should create a movement, even a cult. And that's a strong word. But if you look at Jim Collins, Built to Last, good organizations, good teams have cult-like elements. All that to say was uh, one of those things was you said, that the greatest movement leaders speak in absolutes. And he mentioned characters like Grant Cardone and Gary Vee. You oftentimes hear Gary Vee say, I remember back in 2011, I went to a live talk and he said, my friends, if you are not using search.twitter.com daily, you will not be in business five years from now. Okay. There could be no further false statement from the truth. Like there's, first of all, probably the, everybody in that room was probably still in business five years from now. None of them went home and used search.twitter.com. Everybody could probably get away from not, never using Twitter search strategically or whatever. But his conviction and the point he's trying to make. Now, me also too, as a background in PR communications, I was a director of communication at a church. I always want to like tell every side. 
Like if you're not using search, unless you're this, or maybe it's not true for every industry, it's not true. So all that to just go a little bit deeper on that polarizing thing. I think that if you're listening to this, sometimes you just might be afraid to put something out there. Or you, if you are like me and you're like, yeah, but yeah, but what about this or what? And by the way, add on top of that council culture, add on top of that, you're putting something on the internet, but how could you possibly speak to every different background, um, economic background, you know, cultural background? And you're like, well, in certain contexts, this could be offensive. You got to be willing to push back. All the greats are willing to push past that. They're not, they're, they're, and if we're defining greatness by reach, they're not afraid of being misunderstood. They're not afraid of triggering people. They're not afraid. And this is not, I think the myth is a lot of us like to be liked and we like to be perceived as kind. We don't want, we don't want to offend anybody. And listen, all of these things can coexist at the same time. Like that could all be true about you. But if you want the growth and the reach, you got to put it out there and be okay with somebody saying, yeah, but what about the alternative? You're like, well, there's an entire video podcast. Like this was just the short of it. Like I break down the other side or, or there's more to it or for you to assume or color in, you leave a little mystery. Like you're leaving it. Yeah. But what if you got to be okay with the 10 what ifs and make the statement. And that was one of the attributes was that, that these movement leaders, and you could argue in social media, these viral videos, because it's, it's really getting a lot of reach is it's, it's, it's polarizing. You're stating something. You're making a conviction. There's emotional tension there, arguably triggering. But Chris, knowing you, you're doing this from a place of integrity, your experience, love for the audience. And I'm sure we could look in the comments and see a lot of people that are upset and offended potentially. Uh, as you talk about how much you should pay, a lot of people, I can never charge that month. Why would you tell people, you know, uh, oh, yes, uh, this, all that kind of stuff. And those are your most viewed videos. You're listening to this right now. There is untold growth for your business, your personal brand, your reach on the other side of you giving up the fear of other people's opinions, the need to be liked, the need to please everyone, and the need to avoid offending anyone. You never could anyways, but you got to crank up that tolerance for that. And there's a lot of growth on the other side when you start putting out powerful messaging that you believe in on YouTube and social media. Sean, uh, before we get out of here, I just want to say a couple of things in reaction to what you just said. The criticism about social media that people lobby against me and just social media in general is that we're not having these nuanced, thorough analysis conversations. And there's a time and place for that. But what we have to do is we have to stop someone to get them to pay attention long enough so they can learn something, they can take action on and improve their lives that day. And I find that when I try to phrase something that's so nuanced, it just loses all the bite and the punch. It's like it's been watered mm. down. And so I need to say in a way that someone who needs to hear this today in this moment can hear it. So I said recently, theory is lonely. It loves action. Don't keep them apart. That is not a nuanced statement. I clearly have an opinion and a point of view to this. And that's the post that people are like, well, let's reshare this. Let's, uh, and that's what happens. So, but if you were to sit there and give a di dissertation on that, people would yawn. They're going to move on to the next thing. We're now, whether you like it or not, the attention span has been so reduced. If you can't capture them in that hook, the headline, the thumbnail, they're not going to watch the video. In the first minute of the video, if you can't keep them, they're out. And so you have to learn the art of storytelling and this kind of the Jenga effect, which is I kind of know what's going to happen, but I can't turn away. You're going to keep pulling apart until it, it looks like it's going to fall apart and then it's done. I think that's brilliant. And I said it a little bit earlier. It was one that 
that comes out, I try to repeat it, was I also said it's irresponsible for you as a business owner to not be on YouTube. Strong word. And that was one I've cultivated, so it stings a little. So again, that's kind of, hey, taking a page from Gary Vee. <laughs> so, so someone might say, irresponsible it's offensive kind of what are you attacking my character right you know like i'm being irresponsible i think i'm a responsible father i think i'm a responsible business owner and and again sure there's so many different ways you can survive in business yes you probably will be all right if you don't get on youtube but you don't want to leave that up to chance just meaning because your lead sources or your awareness could dry up in other places so it's nice to be diversified but that's not me defending the statement the punchline is to let it sting, is you're trying to get people to pay attention. Of course, I can back up the statement, but I think one of the things we're both saying, and this is a power, this is even powerful for me because it's always making me think, think about what are my core convictions, but also what are new ways I can package those to stop the scroll and get attention um, in a way that's in total authenticity and integrity, but also that's not afraid of being triggering and that actually is even being intentionally a little bit triggering. I mean, if we really go to probably the modern goat greatest of all time at this at this moment very polarizing figure would probably be andrew tate got canceled and just has a particular way about him of just saying things that are sometimes not new ideas but he's certainly saying them in a, in a new way he's saying them in, in in uh maybe some new energy and saying some things that uh these are appear to be his deep convictions i don't even really know him until he got canceled um but i think it's kind of a good example and to that end, if we put some handles on this for the listener, you know, one of the things I think we don't take time to do as business owners necessarily is sit down and say, what are like the five to 10 things you're deepest, you're most convicted about? And of course, maybe your actual, what are actually some of your values and ethics and principles? But it also could be YouTube, like facts about YouTube. YouTube is the best social media platform because it's like a fine wine. It gets better with age. It's the only platform your con where your content lives forever. It's irresponsible for you as a business owner to not be on YouTube and craft some of those A, core beliefs, but then how can you power up some of those? Then those could become some of your core pillar messages. What do you believe to be true about the world? Um, what do you believe to be true about your business in the world? What fires you up and gets you mad, sad, angry? What what are you, what are you deeply passionate about in relation to what's happening? And I also think I know some people say, "Hey, you're a business channel. Don't talk about politics." You're a you know on our podcast, the Thick Media Podcast. We recently had Patrick Bet David, and he kind of shook me a little bit because he said. He said, you actually need to start sharing where you stand on issues because if you don't, people won't trust you. And actually more, whether whichever side you stand on, you're maybe maybe the most extreme people you'll push away. But some people will be like, okay, I know where he stands. I follow him for YouTube. I don't agree with him on that fact, but uh, I'm at least he's, he's being open. And his point was a compare and contrast between Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Elon being very public, very outspoken, very polarizing. Well, just blowing it all up. Some would say maybe negatively, but positively in terms of his personal brand, business, et cetera. We'll see how it all plays out. And Jeff being a lot more hidden and, and him saying Elon is, is essentially kind of doing it right. And people could be very mad at him, but he's outspoken and he's, he's sharing beliefs. This is maybe the key. What are you willing to take a stand for? What is the standard? And, and vanilla doesn't work in 2023 on social media. Like pick a side, pick a fight, 
But don't just pick a fight for picking a a fight's sake. That's being a jerk. That's being rude. What is the fight you actually care about? And, And then what would you be afraid? Make a list. What would you actually, what do you deeply believe but would actually be afraid to say on social media? What do you deeply believe about your industry, about your competitors? Who's your enemy? And Chris, you know this in good marketing and branding, the best businesses have a good enemy. And the enemy could be greedy course sellers who put out horrible information and give give course creators a bad name, greedy internet marketers that all they care about is image and Ferraris. And so I go, that's, that's one of my enemies is the lifestyle of it's all about money and wealth. And I'm like, it's all about family and impact. I'm going to take a stand, whatever. And so these are some handles where I think you take some of this material and you put this into your future YouTube videos, vertical videos, podcasts, uh, you're going to take those things to a whole nother level and reach a whole nother level of impact and then be ready for the backlash because you have crucified the fear of other people's opinions, a fear of man, a fear of, of backlash because they didn't even know you anyways. Now they do know you. And so you're getting the negative comments, but what about the people you're called to reach? And for every person that you polarize, there's somebody else that now has discovered you and you're able to impact them with your product services, your mission and your message. What a way to end it. That was straight fire. And Sean, if people want to find out more about you and Think Media and the book, where should we send them? Yeah, Chris, thank you again for having me on and so much love and respect for your audience. You're such a person of integrity, vision, excellence. And I know that people who follow you follow you for those reasons. So massive love and respect to your community. The book's on Amazon. So physically on Amazon, ebook on Amazon, and then Audible for the audiobook. Brand new audiobook recording Benji and I did in the studio. And so if that's the way you love to consume uh, books, definitely check that out. The second edition, three new chapters, deleted chapter, all rewritten, 90 new pages, brand new appendix with all kinds of free resources and training and videos. I think it's a good investment of $4.99 for the ebook if you're interested in doing YouTube and happy to uh, help and answer anybody's questions. I'm Sean Cannell, Rhymes with YouTube channel on social media accounts. Hit me up, reach out, tweet me, DM me, uh, here to help and uh, really believe that YouTube could be a key vehicle to helping you reach your goals in the future. My name is Sean Cannell and you are listening to The Future. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, subscribe to our show on your favorite podcasting app and get a new insightful episode from us every week. The Future Podcast is hosted by Chris Doe and produced by me, Stuart Schuster. Thank you to Anthony Barrow for editing and mixing this episode. And thank you to Adam Sanborn for our intro music. If you enjoyed this episode, then do us a favor by reviewing and rating our show on Apple Podcasts. It will help us grow the show and make future episodes that much better. Have a question for Chris or me? Head over to thefuture.com slash heychris and ask away. We read every submission and we just might answer yours in a later episode. If you'd like to support the show and invest in yourself while you're at it, visit thefuture.com. You'll find video courses, digital products, and a bunch of helpful resources about design and creative business. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.